Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello, and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily, a writer. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two type 1 diabetics trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. And this week's special guest is none other than at T1DChick on Instagram. I always just at people. Her name is Jillian Rablone and she is a cool ass type 1 diabetic lady. Welcome Jillian. Hi everyone. <laughs> this is no, this is like so exciting to like be here with everybody. Um, I know it's very exciting being kind of like a diabetic in this day and age because it brings it honestly just brings us all together. Yes, we are bridging the gap. You are coming to us live from Chicago. We're in New York. It's like <laughs> where in the world are the diabetics? We're all around you. <laughs> Michigan over here. <laughs> it seems cold over there. Um, but we just to kick things off, our favorite thing to discuss is everyone's diabetic uh, diagnosis. So if you'd kick yeah. off your diagnosis story, that would be grand. Yeah, no problem. So I was diagnosed around 97. Um, I say around because I don't really know the exact year because the hospital where I was diagnosed, they burned everyone's hospital records after like a certain amount of time. Um, oh my God. Yeah, oh my God. I know, it's very dramatic. I know. So I'll never know my diversity. It's so sad. Um, but I, oh my yeah, God. so my brother and I are both type one diabetics. He was diagnosed one year before I was diagnosed. So he was around, he was about seven years old and I was diagnosed around eight years old, but I do know I was a diabetic in fourth grade. So I know my timeline is like pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy because back in the nineties, I feel like education was so different with diabetes and no one talked about kind of anything. Um, and diabetes wasn't really like, I want to say, I hate to say this, but like a popular thing or a common mm-hmm. kind of disease, I guess, at maybe that time. It wasn't um, discussed as much. Yeah, it wasn't discussed at but all. But I also just think there were less of us. Yes. Because I was I also diagnosed so in elementary school. And I feel like, like even my elementary school, I was one of two from kindergarten through fifth grade <laughs> with type one. And now my ele- that same elementary school has like 15 kids. That's wild. Yeah, no, I think scary. So yeah, it's bizarre. It's crazy to think about. But yeah, but anyway, when, my, uh, when my brother was diagnosed, we we didn't really know what was going on. He's just He was kind of just like, we thought he was just kind of like lazy, but it turns <laughs> out that his body was just like, you know, um, kind of just shutting down because of DKA. Yeah. So we were helping a friend move and my brother passed out on the couch and he was rushed to the hospital and he was about, they said he was about three minutes away from dying. And yeah. And then a year later I was visiting my father in Michigan and that's where I live currently. Um, And that's where I was diagnosed. I was here visiting him during the summer and I had the same um, kind of characteristics that my brother did when he was diagnosed, um, just kind of drinking a lot, being like very lethargic. Um, and one of the most, I feel like common ways of also kind of like not predicting diabetes, but one of the signs right. is also bedwetting. So when we were younger, you know, we shouldn't have been 
like wetting the bed at like seven and eight years old, really. Um, and that's when they rushed me to the hospital and I was diagnosed a, like a little bit earlier than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were the two diabetic siblings growing up in like <laughs> the nineties and two thousands. And like you, Marianne, like we, my brother and I were actually the only diabetics in our, in our elementary school. So we mm-hmm. didn't know anyone else other than us. And how was it for you because he was diagnosed a year before you? What was your experience being diagnosed? Was it like, oh, I'm like my brother now or like, oh, God, I know what this means. This is awful. Yeah. What's really crazy is that I think when I think back to it, like we were so young and now it's going on like 23 years with diabetes. Mm -hmm. And I only remember, I feel like bits and pieces, um, which is just kind of like strange. But yeah, like I remember my brother when he used to like prick his prick his finger at like the dinner table. And I remember saying like, like it was literally yesterday. I was like, Oh my God, if I ever had to do that, I would die. And then a year later I was diagnosed and here I am doing the same thing for survival. Um, Wait, like literally same though. That's so weird. My twin sister, she's not type one diabetic, but she had, uh, she had elevated blood sugar numbers for a while and had to prick her finger in high school. And I vividly remember sitting with my high school boyfriend, we were driving in the car and she had to prick her finger. And I was like, God, if I ever had to do that, I could never do that. Like I would just die. Like I would not be able to function. And then LOL, she's fine. And I'm the one with type one diabetes. Literally so eight years later. I'm like, All right, karma, I see you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, and like the thing about it is I would never prick my, like my finger ever because I was so like afraid. I don't know if it was just the needle aspect or it was just like the seeing blood. the blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild. But yeah, that was kind of like, that was kind of like when we were diagnosed. And then after that, um, we were sent to diabetes camp. Oh my God. It sounds so fun. I missed that, guys. I did. Yeah. I love diabetes camp. What was your, how was your experience at camp? So I'm trying to think how old I was when I went. This was probably like, Oh, I don't even know. Like probably like two, maybe year 2000. It was around like, I want to say that time frame ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, like I remember getting dropped off at this diabetes camp. And like I said, there was not really like diabetes education, so to speak. And we used to, we, when we got there, because we were still mixing insulins at that time mm-hmm. and, you know, we just had the shrinks, syringes, uh, we didn't have the pens yet. So all of us got um, like this, this wristband and each color was just the different <laughs> insulins that you, uh, <laughs> that you used. Um, but it's weird because even like 20 years later, um, I'm actually in touch with three of the girls that I went to diabetes camp with. That's and we the- talk to this day. Yeah, which shows you how impactful those experiences are, especially when you're that young and you just need to feel like I'm not – you know, I think feeling different at that age is not a good thing. You don't want to be yeah, unique. You, you don't want to be special. Like you belong like because everybody, yeah. like, yeah, everyone got it. Um, but For yeah, sure. it's, it's crazy because even as an adult now, I was able to go to the camp over the summer and volunteer there. So it was really nice because, mm-hmm. you know, I was a camper there and now here I am in the, you know, the the diabetic online community doing like all this diabetes stuff. And then I was able to like give back and see what it was like as an adult. It was really cool. You are bringing so much awareness to type one, which is something that I definitely want to a applaud you for and B um, (laughs) discuss a little bit more. So everyone listening, if you aren't familiar with Jillian, 
Jillian's Instagram presence. Um, who are you? Because she's she's dope and she's so much fun. Uh, you can follow her <laughs> on Instagram at T1DChick. It's I don't even have to spell that out for once in my life. I don't have to spell someone's name out. No, it's a pretty simple one. Yeah. So, um, I just want to, you know, ask you a little bit about when, when you kind of started taking off on Instagram and what led you to being so open and honest about type one on the gram. And how did you become T1D chick? Okay, let me let me make sure I get this in like an orderly fashion. So I, <laughs> oh, I no worries. So growing up with diabetes, it was like I said, it was just a very like uncommon thing to like discuss and talk about. So I kind of went through like like all of school age and high school and even college not talking about diabetes at all. Um, and I and I was on an insulin pump too during those years, but I made sure like I would hide it any possible way that I could, especially like in my bra and like, you know, wear like bigger shirts just so people wouldn't notice my insulin pump. And then I was, I got in, well, I was, um, I went into DKA about three times in like my diabetes life. And the third one was kind of like, you know, I was like in my early twenties and the doctor was like, Hey, listen, you know, DKA is really serious. And if you don't change what you're doing with your diabetes management, like you're not going to see 30 years old. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I feel like kind of like this light went off as well because Mm -hmm. I knew I was not testing my blood sugar. I wasn't bolusing properly. First of all, I didn't even know what bolusing in basal was. And I didn't use those terms. Yeah. Right. And I was on an insulin pump and I still had no idea the terminology. Um, And then that year, I did a JDRF walk and I've been doing them since I was a child, but I stopped doing them as an adult. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a JDRF walk. And when I was like in, like I was outside, it was a beautiful day out and there was like all like people of all ages, like with diabetes. And I was like, oh my God, like this is it. The light kind of went off and I was like, I have to change. And I know if I see these little kids that are, you know, killing it and doing like an amazing job dealing with diabetes. I know as an adult that I can do this too. So I was on social media one day. um, This was just like on my personal account. And I came across this girl. um, Actually, I think she's still, she's still on Instagram, glucose 101. I think she was kind of like one of the accounts that I just stumbled upon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like, like this girl's like talking about her diabetes. Who does that? And then, you know, when you click on one profile and then like 10 more come up, like around algorithm, like, you know, (laughs) the same like thing. So I saw more and more people. Yeah. The algorithm, more and more people were kind of popping up and I was like, Oh my God, this is like really cool. And I want to, I want to give this a shot. So I created T1D chick after like giving it a lot of thought, (laughs) what my Instagram name <laughs> and um yeah and I just kind of started like keeping my profile just kind of like very basic um and I you know I didn't have many followers I was just kind of following more and more people each day because I just came across more diabetic profiles and then I felt like literally after just having it for a short period of time and this is in 2016, um, I woke up one morning and I had like a thousand followers and I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. And then mm-hmm. I think like, like over the weeks, it was just like what, and then the next day it's like, I would wake up with like 10,000 and I just didn't realize that there was like this diabetic kind of presence on social yeah. media. And it's just and- like amazing. And I just felt, I felt like I was, 
even though I was doing it just for me, because I felt like it was accountability. So if I posted my blood sugar, then that means that I'm being accountable, right? So then I felt like more and more people that, you know, we were following each other going back and forth, but just like, you know, talking about diabetes and then getting into like conversations about it. Um, I felt like it was just kind of like the start. And I felt like if I was doing myself accountable, um, you know, maybe I'm going to be inspiring other people. Yeah. And I have to say, like, just looking at your account, one, I think you have like the most followers of any (laughs) type one diabetes specific account besides maybe like Medtronic or something, which I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So many followers, but you are also are just an unbelievable source of information and resources. Like, literally, I updated my Dexcom app because you told me, like, (laughs) alert, everyone can update their Dexcom app. I just feel like you always know what's happening. up ahead of me. And I'm like, thank God for Jillian, because <laughs> you're making me aware of all of these different things. And well, I what we got, briefly, yeah, but what we got really into posting about resources and, and diabetes education mm-hmm. was because I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And when I started, yeah, and when I started my Instagram in 2016, when I came across accounts, I had no idea what a CGM was, never even heard of it, didn't know what Dexcom was. And mm-hmm. by that point, I think like two Dexcom models were out because I think, believe it or not, I think they had like a G7, like it was like that first model ever, right? And then they had the G4 that came Mm -hmm. out. And by the time I got on Dexcom, it was the G5. And I only heard of it because of social media. Yeah. So yeah, it's just crazy, like all this information that you learn. And I felt like if there was information that I didn't know, I'm going to learn it. And if it's something I don't know, most people probably don't know about it either. So that's when I started like finding resources and just kind of becoming like a powerhouse with just kind of resources and education for people. I love that. And I commend that. And I really, it's always shocking to hear, um, especially from listeners and followers or what have you, but it's shocking to hear the lack of um, education out there that doctors and these organizations are providing. And I know, you know, the United States obviously doesn't have nationalized healthcare and it's different in other countries and maybe different pamphlets are provided and different resources, et cetera. But we have so many listeners from all over the world that write into us and are like, we'll upload a CGM graph or I'll upload a loop graph, which most people still don't know what loop is, which is completely fine. I just learned about it a few months ago. Like everyone finds out stuff at different levels, but it shocks me when someone's like, oh, I didn't like, what's an Omnipod? And I'm like, oh my God, like, they were like, I thought the only option to, to yeah, they're like, I know. didn't know that there was anything mm-hmm. other than tubed pumps. That's why I haven't been on a pump. And I'm like, oh my God, well, what country are you in? Like, <laughs> like it depends, but yes, like, it's, <laughs> and it's like someone in the middle, in Arkansas. And I'm like, oh my God, you should have access to this and information hundred yes. percent. But there's just such a big disconnect between yes. healthcare and patients and mm-hmm. People and I sat across the table from the Dexcom CEO. Castle. I was talking to Kevin, and <laughs> one of the things that yeah, he's so cool. Um, the one thing that you know he said to me is that patients have a voice, and that's the Dexcom of CEO, like the Dexcom of CEO saying that, mm-hmm. and it's true because I know. You know, I became a patient advocate for diabetes and like my other chronic um, conditions that I have. But diabetes, like if we don't stick together and demand change and Mm -hmm. demand to like be given just resources and options, 
you know, like this is our future. We live with this. So we have to stick together because we only have each other. That's where all mm-hmm. our information gets shared from. Like my endos, <laughs> some, you know, they don't give them you do. options. <laughs> we learn our options. And now do. we, yeah. You know, yeah, well, some of them do, but like most of them really don't give you many options. You're just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, you're going to go on this insulin with this insulin pump. Um, but yeah, like we, you know, we go into our doctor offices now and we tell them what we want. Yes. <laughs> Miriam is such, such a big advocate. Like Mary, I didn't mm-hmm. even, Miriam taught me how to advocate for myself. I've always been like very outspoken as a human, but when it came to doctors telling me what to do, I always just took their word as, as God, you know, like just do exactly what yeah, they say. Miriam one day was like, well, did you ask about this? And I'm like, I can ask. <laughs> and so... Or even saying like like you can change your basal rates on your I own. Was like, and even when I remember when Yeah, but even like years ago when I realized that, I was like, Oh, I don't need permission from my doctor to change my basal rates. It's not like they need to sign a permission slip. Right. But I think that's also what makes diabetes so unique in this chronic illness world is that it's one of the very few illnesses or conditions where we are managing our care completely. Like technically you do not need to go to an endocrinologist to manage your no, diabetes besides just not, getting yeah. a prescription sent, right? They're, right, right. Like you can do it all on your own, which is overwhelming and intimidating, but like technically we have the the strength and the wisdom in our community to do it ourselves. And you know, it's 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 the frustrating part about this condition is that it's all on us, but it's also really unbelievable and and special about of all the diseases. Like, look at how much control we have over our day to day. Like, it's yeah, kind of- and it's crazy because we when we go to our doctors now, our endos, we we're actually educating them because yeah. I walked into my endo office and I'm just yes. like, yeah, I need a frozen. And she's like, what? <laughs> she goes, we're not prescribing that. I'm like well, why not? Like I need it. And then Mm -hmm. when she found that I was looping, she goes, of course you're looping. (laughs) She's like, of course you would walk in here like telling me that you're looping. Yes. Um, She's like, yeah, you're like the only, like my second patient out of like the biggest healthcare network, Mm -hmm. you know, here in Michigan that's looping. But yeah, I think that, you know, we're done kind of being like pushed over and like not saying doctors are like, you know, pushing us over, but we just need to have a voice. And I think that social media is like that platform for all of us um, mm-hmm. because we, we we learn from each other and we inspire each other. And um, I don't think many people realize that, you know, we could advocate for ourselves. We interrupt this episode with a word from one of our sponsors, Companion Medical. Hey, Em, I know you love staying on top of the Dietech out there. Have you heard of the cool Bluetooth insulin pen with an app called the InPen? Yes, I've seen it on Instagram. Doesn't it record your insulin doses and have a dose calculator that you can use? Yeah, but it does so much more than that. It's so cool. It makes multiple daily injections so much easier. Using dosing information sent from the pen, the app can track the insulin given, calculate doses, share therapy data with your doctor and family, and much more. Okay, that's insane. That sounds amazing. It's a must-have, and it's compatible with Humalog or Novolog insulin cartridges, available by prescription only. To simplify your MDI diabetes management, visit companionmedical.com backslash inpen. Now back to the episode. Yeah. And it's wild. And I know, um, sorry, Miriam, did I cut you off? Did you have a question? Well, I was going to ask another thing, but if you're continuing on, Emily, please I, do. No, I think we were going to ask the same thing. So you go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, so where this is leading, I think, is being an advocate, taking manage, 
care or managing our care on our own is you've done something really unbelievable via Facebook, via your Facebook group that I'm hoping you feel comfortable talking about um, in terms of helping people get access to supplies or insulin that they otherwise can't get access to. So can you kind of tell us how that started? Of course. So um, I came across T1 International, like just through like, you know, just on Instagram. And I was learning more and more about like, kind of like what they're advocating for. And when they, when the hashtag started like circulating, like insulin for all, I was like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of getting more curious about it. And then realizing what they were advocating for was for affordable insulin you know, for diabetics, because insulin is not affordable. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't ever realize that unless you were underinsured, had no insurance, or were insulin so disturbing and dangerous. Um, And that's why I was... (laughs) Don't recommend. Yeah, yeah. And I remember... Yeah. And I think a lot of us were rationing insulin for like for a very long time. Right. But no one called it rationing. Right. Mm -hmm. We were just like, oh, my God, you know, we either have like, you know, too little or we're not able to afford it. But like there wasn't really like this big stance um, for affordable insulin, Mm -hmm. I guess, like kind of like, I don't know, 90s to like early 2000s. It's become become very roundy now. Yeah. 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 Insulin prices have increased. What is it? What? 300 percent? 300 something. Yeah. Yeah. So because it was $25 a vial around 1995. Yeah. Now we're in almost 2020 and it's retailing for about $350 a vial. So I got involved with T1 International because so many of my friends have become my best friends just from social media and always talking to each other. And I realized that not everyone is fortunate to have good health insurance. Um, And uh, some of my friends were paying up to $500 a month just for their insulin. And then I have had other friends that were paying like over like a thousand a month for insulin. Now, I don't know about you, but that's like my rent and my bills combined. (laughs) It's not New York rent, but it's really bad on top of that. (laughs) yeah it's it's a lot yeah yeah and then in college my brother and I um so our parents are divorced and when my father was getting his second divorce our medical insurance lapsed so my brother and I walked into CVS pharmacy and the pharmacist was like oh um this can't be right and we're like what do you mean this can't be right? They're like, oh, well, this is saying, I think at the time it was like two something, right? Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, let me run it through insurance again. And they ran it through the insurance and it came up as retail price. And that was because our medical insurance dropped at the time and we had to pay full retail for that vial of insulin. So being that my brother and I were both you know, had diabetes, we were able to share our insulin with each other. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to like, you know, get that insulin right that second. But then after that, when we went to our doctor, we were on the Lily Cares program. So that was basically getting free insulin through Lily um, because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't really afford it and we needed That's insulin. so amazing that they have that program. Yeah. So, yeah. So they I have that they program. Prices, um, I know there's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, thing about it is with like all these programs out there even okay I shouldn't say all these programs Lily does have a, a program right for like to help affordability with yes. with insulin costs mm-hmm. yeah but then the, we have these savings cards as well for people insulin savings cards but the issue is there's so many like rules with them not it doesn't apply to every single person 
So if I, let's say if I was on like their Lily Cares, um, I know that maybe like, oh, because I was able to get it doesn't mean the next diabetic could get it even if they needed insulin because there's just like wow. all these different rules that you have to kind of approve, you know, you yeah. have to like get like off the boxes. Type of yeah. But yeah, so like T1 International, they are great. And um, I've done three caravans to Canada to get affordable insulin for my friends who are diabetics. And just to kind of make this issue um, a really big deal because we need we need to see change. And um, there's just been so many deaths now because young young people. It's so disturbing. Yeah, like people, you know, just like, you know, think about fresh out of college, right? You're like just trying to like make it on your own. You have bills to pay and you, you know, trying to work a full-time job and make it. People don't have a thousand dollars for a vial of insulin. No. And this is survival for us. If we don't have insulin, we die. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're all trying to do, you know, just advocate for change and try to, you know, hopefully get these insulin prices um, to get some caps on them and to get emergency insulin passed in the States. But it's definitely, it's definitely like a team effort. We all have to work together because one or two people, you know, we need, we need the whole community to join together on this type of issue. Exactly. Absolutely. And um, I have to give a little shout out, politics aside, whether you're Bernie, you feel the burn or not, um, how was your caravan <laughs> with Bernie Sanders? <laughs> It was so cool. Um, it's so funny because people are like, oh my God, I had no idea your political views. I'm like, well, first of all, you still don't know my political views. Mm -hmm. um, when, when a presidential candidate like Bernie Sanders, who is reputable, not just throughout the United States, but the world, mm -hmm. everyone happens to know Bernie, right? Yes. You know, For one reason or another, yes. Yeah, when you have a high profile presidential candidate that's willing to shine light on a on an on an issue that yes. we're passionate about that's when you take every ounce of attention you can for that for that 100 um, percent yeah it's amazing that. pr <laughs> it's amazing yeah, that, I, that's what i said to everyone i was like this is just like free pr like yeah. we get to talk about our issues and have this brought up like very very high like we're gonna do it <laughs> but yeah so i said across um like when we had our caravan, I sat across from him and he's just a really cool guy and he's just so passionate. That's one thing I think like no matter what your political beliefs are, this guy is just so passionate. Yeah. Um, and he and really it, does. I know he really does care about, you know, our health system. And I'm not saying one way is better right. than the other, but I just know that we need to figure out what we're, what, you know, what America is going to do about our insulin crisis and affordability. Mm -hmm. So true. But yeah, we had people um, drive hours and hours just to be there when we went in and out of the pharmacy and just to support us. Um, and the amazing part is too, is that Canadians know what we're going through and they just can't believe that we have like these issues that we have to like leave the state and come up to Canada just to get our insulin. Meanwhile, we're supposed to be like the richest, powerful, you know, right. amazing country in the world, right? But yet we can't even have like something yeah. just so like fundamental, like insulin, affordable insulin. But yeah, they were like so many supportive people. And I know all over the world, people are looking and they're kind of like, hey, how can we have, you know, I don't want to say free healthcare, but we have like a healthcare system, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys, you know, have all these like crazy co-pays and deductibles and the fact that we have to literally go through like the ringer just to get like a supply order or our it really, insulin. it's, it's a time. Sad. It is. 
He really is. But you're doing like amazing work and you have such a good voice for the community. It's like an honor to be have you as our advocate and it's it's really nice. And I think what makes you so special and relatable is that you are real. You know, you're not saying like, oh, I've had a perfect A1C my whole life. Like you've <laughs> grown up with this disease. You've gone, you've, yeah, you've no, had those I, rough rebellious yeah, years I mean, as we all have. And it's, it's just really, you're very yeah. relatable. And I, I feel, even though we've like barely met in person, I feel like I know you just through your Instagram <laughs> presence, which is like a really powerful thing. It is because I think that, you know, Instagram mm-hmm. can be kind of like a blessing or a curse. And for me, it saved me. Like finding the di- diabetes online community, I feel like saved my life because I don't know where I would honestly be right now um, without just kind of like my like my support group. And, um, and it's just important that we use our platforms, not just for selfish reasons. I think it's so great that so many of us will, you know, talk about just kind of like the issues with diabetes and share these resources with each other. And it's just, it's just been so great. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know. (laughs) We are hashtag blessed to have you on and just feel so grateful. Well, thank you. And thank you for thank having you me. Again. Of course. Come back anytime. You're literally always welcome. Um, <laughs> Will do. And for those of you wondering if Jillian is really this cool IRL, I can say she definitely is. If anything, she's even cooler. <laughs> and her boyfriend is really nice too. Um, <laughs> that was like a weird plug for Mike. There you go. Um, so <laughs> this one's for you. Are all of our pancreatic, pancreatically capable pals out there. Um, so... If you don't follow Jillian, highly recommend that you fix that ASAP and follow her on Instagram at T1DChick. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. Follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals PP. Sorry, Jillian, this is where I go into my spiel and Mir- it's Mir's favorite part of the show. <laughs> it's my favorite part. It's like I, she's you know, like a robot. I have peaks, guys. I'm I'm on automated right crazy. now. Please I love it. Uh, slide into our email yeah. app. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> slide into our email at pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Um, and have a great week, everyone. And again, thank you a million, a million, a million times over, Jillian, for all that you do for the community and for taking the time out of your very busy schedule and um, you know, trying to save all of our lives to a talk to us. We are all in it together. So thank you as well. All right, guys. We're out. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys.